Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. If you are watching this on YouTube right now, you'll be like, Simon, why are you doing some of your wrestling show or wrestling podcast, whatever the hell you want to call it, on YouTube? And, well, it's because I had to make content for my YouTube channel today anyway. And in the last 24 hours, Bray Wyatt passed away, WWE superstar. Now, I will let you know I've done a tribute video on What Culture Wrestling. Not sure it will be live by the time you hear this. So it may seem like I'm doubling up. Don't know why I told you that. I guess I don't want to look too weird or anything. But the point is this. I sat down to record the podcast and then realized I don't want, I'm not trying to take away anyone's grief. I didn't know Bray Wyatt, but it did have quite the profound effect on me. And I don't like the idea of putting up a random video talking about whatever when something so tra- tragic has gone down and when I'm so involved in professional wrestling in whatever guy's that may be. So I thought I would just record the first 10 minutes of the podcast and I can put that up because I would like to pay my own tribute on my own channel as well. Maybe it's a terrible idea. Maybe I'm wrong. You can educate me on that and I can only I can only learn from it. And I suppose on the What Culture Wrestling one, I very much focused on the wrestler uh, Bray Wyatt. So with this one, I thought I'd focus more on the person, Wyndham Rotunda. Now again, I don't know him. I never had any kind of interaction with him. I'm sure he has no idea who I was. But the coolest thing, cool is probably not the right word, but the most nice thing, I can't think of the right term, but when someone like that passes away and all of a sudden you see these stories coming out and they are just overwhelmingly positive. He was such a nice guy. I was an extra backstage at WWE and he went out of his way to say hello to me. I was a security guard. He said hello to me. I was the janitor. He said hello to me. He cracked a joke. He made me feel at ease. It just sounds like he was the nicest dude ever. And look, a tragedy is a tragedy, no matter how somebody lives their life. But when there are just such positive stories about someone, it does feel like an extra kick in the teeth. And of course, he had a wife. He had four kids, I believe. I just, I can't quite believe it because he was only 36 years old. And as far as we know, I think Sean Ross Sapp from Fight for reported this. He had a heart issue. I don't know whether he got that later in life. It's a genetic thing. He then got COVID earlier this year. That made the heart issue worse. It sounds like it was something similar to what Keith Lee, who's another wrestler, you know this is the podcast, in case you're just randomly watching this on YouTube. What am I even talking about? You know who Keith Lee is. It sounds like something he went through too, and he came out the other side of it. But when you hear the stories from him or Mia Yim, they were very much, you know, it just sounded horrific. So for somebody to pass away at 36 years of age, especially after losing one of their best friends a few years earlier in Luke Harper, uh, Brody Lee, John Huber, whichever term you would like to use. I don't even actually know what to say about it, which is kind of dumb for a video like this. But I think it's important to get out there that he clearly was just a stand-up individual. And again, going back to the wrestling side of things, was just an absolute creative genius. I don't understand how he ever came up with the Firefly Funhouse puppets thing. I don't understand how he came up with The Fiend and made that work without it being ridiculous. That's a testament to the man. That's why people always used to say, oh, Bray Wyatt should be the next Undertaker. And that's how I always took it. Well, he should be the next Undertaker because if you give the Undertaker gimmick to anyone other than Mark Calloway, it doesn't work. Go and tell that to someone that doesn't watch wrestling. Oh, he's a dead zombie man that you can't hurt. They look at you like you're a strange individual. Like That is true, but trust me, it's clicking. And it's the same with Bray Wyatt. There are so many things that he took on, like... 
I guess the Eater of Worlds character was more based in reality, but they still did spooky wooky stuff. And he made it creepy and he made it a little bit scary. And that's because he could take these, I guess, movie inspirations and, and, and paste it across to sports entertainment. And yeah, it was always just so fascinating. Not like everything he did was like an absolutely home run, but it was never boring. It was always interesting. And he always thought outside the box. And I always thought this, like when you have so much wrestling on TV... I don't want the same old, same old all the time. It's absolutely dull. Even if something is crap, who cares? It's crap. It's resting. It doesn't matter. And that, my gosh, you know, incidents like this prove that. Who gives a crap about a match going wrong or somebody botching a spot or a storyline going down the toilet? I mean, you can be critical of it in the moment. But it's when we cross that line and become like super negative Nancys. But he was the complete opposite to that. He's like, well, let's make it intriguing. Let's make it interesting. Look, you know, we'll take a bad one, right, just to prove it. When he was fighting Finn Balor before he got injured and they didn't do the match, and he became Sister Abigail and he wore like a pair of tights on his head or something. It's really, really strange. I just love the fact that he would try that. Let's try it. Let's do something. I almost think there's something motivational, inspirational to tie in to, to, to life there, like in your own in your own existence, whatever that may be. And I said this in the What Culture video as well. I'm sorry that I keep referring to it, but I did. It was the same with the Eater of Worlds character. Like you go back to any kind of news board or dirt sheet, and everyone's like, oh, they're not booking Bray right. He's not winning the right feuds, et cetera, et cetera. To the point someone decided, okay, we need to switch gimmicks here. And he became the fiend. Once again, on paper, the fiend sounds ridiculous. A child's TV host is going to muck around with puppets, but when he comes to the ring, he's a serial killer and he wears a mask. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? But all of it was just so damn inspired. That first entrance getting Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Flipping awesome. Again, which actually came from the whole Sister Abigail stuff. The way the puppets evolved, all the spooky stuff he did. The WrestleMania 36 match with John Cena. I just... and I don't know, man. I just... I would love to think that all of a sudden we're all going to come together as a community and it's going to be happy, happy, lovely, lovely, but it won't be. And in many ways, I understand that because it's a self-preservation thing. We, we all naturally as human beings want to go back into our own existences and protect ourselves against these things because they're scary, they're terrifying, and they're super, super upsetting. But that's why we always have to remember the human side of the man as well. Again, he was a father, a husband, a son, a child. That's the other thing, of course, he's IRS's... He's IRS's kid, you know, he's part of the Rotunda family. He's a third generation superstar, Bo Dallas's brother. I can't even imagine what they're going through right now. Like, I really, really can't, and nor do I ever want to because it's such a horrific thing. And that's another reason I always get a little bit worried about talking about these things because I think I mentioned this at the start of the video. I am ranting a bit, apologize. I never want to take the grief away from somebody else because, you know, as, as much as it just shocked the hell out of me at 3 a.m. in the morning when I read this, I, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times more impactful and worse for his friends and family, especially because news and rumors, and again, take it with a pinch of salt, seems to suggest that he was ready to come back, or at least WWE had start making plans for him again. And now, and, and now this, I'm 36 years old. Poor oh, man. And again, you know, there's no, how else could I have started this podcast, right? There's nothing else we can talk about. Nothing will be bigger, bigger than this. Like, as much as I can't wait for all in, and I think it's going to be a moment in time and something we remember forever, this is real life. This is reality. And I know it's my boring saying, but wrestling is the least important, is the most important of the least important things. And it's stuff like this that always reminds me of that. You know, it was the same when Jay Briscoe passed away a few a few months earlier in a car crash with his daughters, who then had to go through all this medical stuff. And of course, you know, we've mentioned Brody Lee when it was, I mean, it wasn't the same issue, but it sounds like you know, there are similar events there in the sense, just an illness or a disease, and all of a sudden it gets worse and worse. And then you, you know, you, you, don't, you, you don't come back from it. The fact they were friends and in the same group, I mean, thoughts with Eric Rowan today and, and Braun Strowman. 
I mean, it must affect them in a different way because, because how could it not? But ultimately, I get it. It sounds cheesy and stupid. You're like, Simon, stop being this guy. I totally understand that white would rub somebody the wrong way. I do, but I do mean it. It's true. Just, just be nicer to people, man. And if you don't like something on uh, on wrestling, like criticize the creative side of it, but don't don't make it personal. And so many people do. And I just, I don't like it. I don't think it serves anyone because, you know, <laughs> look at this. This this is genuinely the worst thing ever that can happen in wrestling. And I'm recording this on Friday, so you may hear this after the fact. I would assume that SmackDown would be a tribute show to Bray Wyatt. I would hope that it would be. But again, I don't know the logistics of that kind of thing. You can have fans in the arena. Maybe that ties into it as well. But you would hope so, because it would be nice if he could have a send-off. Because for as little time as he had in wrestling compared to, you know, the, the I don't want to say legends, because I think he was a legend, but the, the old timers, the veterans, whatever word we're looking for here. He wasn't around for a long time. But my word, did he did he have a massive impact and you can have these creative ideas, but to then make them work and, you know, make them make sense within a wrestling context and not just be utterly ridiculous. Again, gobbledygooker levels, which can happen sometimes, especially in WWE. It's It really is a testament to the man that he was able to do that. And I think it would have been the same with Uncle Howdy. And the coolest thing with Uncle Howdy with me, and again, I know what more moron, is I just love the fact that brother and brother were working together. I mean, they, WWE should have done that ages ago. You know, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt being side by side. And there were the rumors recently as well that apparently Eric Young was going to be involved and some other people, and they were going to do the Wyatt Six. But again, all of that is, is totally irrelevant. So just a small tribute to someone who, again, fantastic professional wrestler. We'll use the term from a sports entertainment point of view, especially. Really, really understood all of that. But the man himself just sounds like such a such a wonderful dude and had such a big heart again i'm just speaking on other people's you know other people's stories here but there's not one there's, there's, not, there's not even a but anywhere it's all just top dude top guy loved what he did and had a crazy brain that would just come up with ideas that would flabbergast other people and then they had to sit down and try and figure out how this was this was going to work so i'll end it there that the youtube portion thankfully um and actually you did send me the questions before bray white passed away but i think today we'll just sit down we'll answer we'll answer a bunch of questions but if you are on youtube you know go down in the comments and interact with that as much as you can share bray white memories and yeah again it's it for the video portion but we'll carry on for the audio portion it's a little bit weird but thank you for watching visually if you are, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, now we are back to the audio portion of the show. Bit of a weird, uh, a weird start to all of this, but it's been, I mean, I'm sure you've all experienced it with me as well. It's, uh, it's just crazy. It's just genuinely, genuinely crazy. I did think what we can do, though, as we, we are going to have to talk about other things. It's just the nature of the beast. I'm going to get the all-in card up. And we should talk about that because it is happening in two days. Maybe that's actually really well timed now. Obviously, you never want anything like this to happen. But it will, you know, wrestling is meant to be about fun and wrestling is meant to be about moments. You know, again, ironically, Bray Wyatt was the master of those. So hopefully it'll just be a nice way to, I hope they'll do a good tribute to him again. Same on SmackDown. And then we can just try and <laughs> just be a bit happier so i don't know but let's go through the card so of course we are going to start off with aussie open versus mgf and adam cole is on the pre-show for the ring of honor world tag team championships i am going to stick with what i believed from day one because sometimes i think the obvious story is the right story don't always have to do a swerve and go oh my gosh didn't see it coming and i hope that adam cole you know accidentally on purpose but done very very well which they have been doing for the last few weeks 
doesn't really tag in. So basically has used this, because it was his idea, don't forget, to wear MJF out, and eventually they'll lose. I mean, Adam Cole could even take the pin here, because it doesn't matter if he's going to win the World Championship at the end of the, you know, the end of the night. Maybe he can get the tag and then just get pinned, but he barely did anything, whereas MJF did loads, meaning, you know, he's now essentially got to fight another match, whereas Adam still has all his HP and MP. But Aussie Open will win, but I think it will all tie in. So many people are like, oh my gosh, what if MJF and Adam Cole get injured? Well, if they do, we'll have to come up with an idea. You can't live your life that way if you live your life that way then you you can't you can't cross the street it's actually also just popped into my brain we should also talk about terry funk quickly this is the most depressing podcast ever i mean just quickly to be honest with you terry funk is one of the greatest wrestlers to ever lived without terry funk we wouldn't have wrestling as we do it today he was a chameleon. He was a, a trendsetter. He, he totally understood what wrestling was and he never let it pass him by. And even though there's a kind of a joke that he retired so many times, it actually made him more endearing and more sympathetic. We'll just leave it there. He deserves so many more words than that, but it just popped into my brain now that he did pass away the other day too, which is what I was going to talk about until this all came and just, you know, wrecked all of our brains. But yeah, rest in peace to both of them. I mean, it's really is other, other, other sides of the coin. Like, of course, it's devastating that Terry Funk passed away, but he's 79. He had a full life. Uh, sounds like he was very ill towards the end, which obviously sucks. But, I mean, it's all bad. What am I trying to do here? Ignore me. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, just thoughts and feelings and love for, for all their friends and family. It's just horrible. And we are going back to the all-in card. We're going to get the FTW title on the line. Jack Berry versus Hook. Just for that's a spoiler. I do forgive me if you haven't watched Rampage or Collision, which you have not. Oh, well, I've done it now. I think that would be fun as well. You could probably do a title change there too, because why not? Hook will get a massive reaction. And I like the fact that these two are on the card because that's just good experience, right? They're still in the um, early parts of their career. They will work well together. The story's been well built, I think. Nothing amazing, but just good solid stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I would just let them go out there, give them 10, 15 minutes, absolutely smash it up. Again, it's on free TV because it's the pre-show, be on YouTube, etc. So uh, it will get uh, a good spotlight on them, which is what you want. And then, yeah, who can win his belt back to stop Jack Perry retiring it? Nothing wrong with that. We then get into the main card. No idea what the order is going to be, but randomly I'll start with CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world championship. I think PM Punk is going to win this. And he won the last one as well, didn't he? With the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, I believe. Kind of a shame now. In hindsight, you probably could have switched that around because then these two could be like the Batman and the Joker. Always uh, always going back and forth. But Samoa Joe is so good, it doesn't actually matter if he wins or loses anymore. He knows how to get himself over and keep himself over. So I just think this is going to be a great match. I'm really looking forward to it. So going to pick the punkster there. Be interesting to see what the fans' reactions are be- will be. Because obviously the British fans can sometimes be, be kind of nuts. But 80,000 people, does it really matter? No, just make noise. And as a massive nerd, I think it's really cool that we're getting, you know, match five, six, seven, whatever it is in the series in the UK. And it'll probably be the last one. What a way to blow that off. Imagine you told them back in 2004, 2005. They'd actually uh, probably think it was crazy. Also getting the House of Black versus the Acclaimed. And yes, a returning Billy Gunn for the six-man titles, trios titles, I should say. I'd also do a title change here. I know that sounds a bit crazy, and the House of Black don't really deserve to lose. But I think if we're trying to create moments on this Wembley show, that would be one of them. I think it'd be amazing seeing 80,000 people do the big old scissor. And the Acclaimed will get a massive reaction. And also, if they do lose, Billy Gunn has to retire again. Then it'd be a bit silly, <laughs> a bit ridiculous. And I think that's kind of the good thing, although you could argue it's a negative two of these trios championships. They don't actually feel as important yet as I think they will do down the line, which means you can hot potato them a little bit. 
So just a great match. Crowd interaction will be off the charts. They're really good. They know what they're doing. And they'll all have their working boots on given the situation and the scenario. So yeah, I think this is going to rock. And I think the acclaimed will win. Also getting a stadium stampede match of Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy and the best friends taking on Penta, Blackpool Combat Club, John Cloxley, Claudia and Wheeler, Santana and Ortiz. It's a shame that Phoenix can't make it. He's got visa issues. Sucks to be him. I mean, if nothing else, think about it again on a human level. Of course, he wants to work in front of 80,000 people. That's anybody's dream. But this can't be bad. I don't know how they're going to do it. I presume it will be more like anarchy in the arena than Stadium Stampede because they did Stadium Stampede during the, sp- the pandemic. And you couldn't see half of it if, if there were any fans to watch it. But again, you can't call it Anakin the Arena because it's not an arena, it's a stadium. So why not use a stadium stampede? Also, we just did Anakin the Arena, so this kind of makes it feel a little bit different. So they're just going to have a blast. They're going to have fun. I'd imagine they've got a bunch of surprises and really daft spots that will make everybody laugh. Also, some brutal ones too. I don't know. I, I think Eddie Kingston's team should win because I think coming out the back of this, we should do something massive with Eddie Kingston. But then the Blackpool Combat Club have lost a lot recently. But given that they've got Santana on the tees, you don't really want them on the losing side either. I just think ridiculously, Wheeler Utah, as good as he is, and I think he's been smashing it this year, is probably the obvious guy to take a pin and everybody else can get away with it. Sorry, I, I do think the good guys will win here. And I think they should too. I think that makes it more fun. We also have the Golden Elite, Ken, uh, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and the Hangman taking on Takeshita and Bullet Club Gold, Drew Robson and Jay White. Don't understand the hate for this. I mean, would I have wanted to see a Kenny Omega singles match on that kind of a stage? Of course I would do. But you could also equally come up with the argument, do I want to see Ibushi Omega in Wembley with the Hangman? I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? And Takeshita... I think we could use him more. I think ever since the Hill turn with Don Callis, it has kind of petered out a little bit just because he hasn't been on TV enough. But if we do get a week later, we do Kenny Omega versus Takeshita, that's the time to rev him up again. And look, Juice Robinson and Jay White are fantastic. Jay White is just an absolute legend of a man. And it does mean you are going to get little tidbits of Jay White and Kenny Omega going at it in Wembley. Once again, not mad at it. And Abushi's there. No one ever thought Abushi was going to compete in Wembley. I mean, honestly, at one point, that was actually impossible. So the fact we've opened this door, I think, is tremendous. I think this actually comes down to whatever happens with Omega and Takeshita next week. I think Takeshita will beat Omega all out if we do that match. So here, I think the Golden Elite will win. And you could probably just, you could have Omega pin to Kester and it won't be a problem because you can come up with some kind of crazy trios thing where you're like, okay, well, he got beat, but he didn't really. So yeah, I'd have the good guys win here and then to Kester win in a week because I think a big wing over Kenny Omega, even though obviously Don Callis will cheat, will do wonders for his career and, and Kenny's going to be fine, fine regardless. But once again, just can't wait to see these six people tangle up. I think it's mad I get to see that live. I think it's totally, totally wonderful. Uh, we are also going to get the AW World Tag Team title match, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Again, it sounds like Cash Wheeler can travel. I refuse to talk about that until I have more information because I think there's been way too much speculation. And I actually feel sorry for these guys because nothing other than the greatest tag team match ever is going to be enough for some people. Now, that's actually a credit to them and how good they are as, as teams and the legacy that they already have because that doesn't just happen. <laughs> you know, you really have to put the work in. And I, I, I do. I think they're going to smash it. I really do. I think we're all going to walk away and going, no matter what we thought about the build or what we thought about the uh, the delivery of All In, I think this match is going to be so good, we all just kind of throw our hands in the air and go, you know what? That was flipping tremendous. I think the Young Bucks probably win. The World Championship's back. I don't know why. That's just my gut feeling. I think they probably need it more right now than FTR. I don't know what I mean, I don't know what I mean by that either. I'm just going with a gut feeling here. I am doing a lot of title changes on this card. Maybe that's one too many. Because you could have a change in the next match too. And the final match. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. FTR's going to win. Just from a logistic point of view. From a logistic point of view. And, one, and somebody could go mega heel here as well. Should they so wish. 
But I don't think there's any real losers. I really do think this is going to be absolutely fantastic. And you should set your excitement to amazing levels. Because <laughs> I do think they'll uh, they'll reach that bar. But yeah, the AW women's title's on the line as well. Because you're getting Sheeta versus Tony Storm versus Zariah versus Britt Baker. Actually, maybe um, I've changed my mind now. Because Sheeta only just won it. And who did she win it from? Tony Storm, who's in this match. But maybe they want Soraya to win it, but they didn't want her to pin Tony Storm. I think it's the right time. But I do think in Wembley, it you know what? I'm just going to do it. Sometimes you just got to go with what makes sense. I think Soraya probably will win. I think in front of that crowd, it's either going to go one of two ways. Either it will be Bizarro Land and everyone will boo her for no reason, just because sometimes that's what British crowds do, or she'll be super duper mega over. And maybe that's how you break up the outcast as well, because Tony Storm clearly is heading in a new direction with this amazing character. Um, as long as Rick Baker doesn't get pinned, I don't think it matters. So yeah, I'm going to go with Soraya. So yeah, I'm going to say the FTR do keep the belts and Soraya win the, the Soraya wins the women's title. But I don't think she'll hold it that long. I think she'll lose it in a couple of weeks. But it's done for the moment, which is also fine. Again, don't hot potato the belt too much. But as and when it makes sense, you certainly should. Also getting Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Again, some people are really down about this match. Not me. Surprise, surprise, Mr. Positive Pete over here. But I always look at it about things that I never thought that I would get. And 10 years ago, when Will Ospreay was really making a name for himself, and, you know, Chris Jericho was, uh, you know, well and firmly in WWE, the fact, the thought of them doing it in a company that had nothing to do with World Wrestling Entertainment at Wembley in front of 80,000, which is a WrestleMania crowd, unheard of. And I think that we forget that Chris Jericho is one of the best ever, and he understands his uh, pros and cons as he's a you know post fifty year old man. I don't mean that in a detrimental way. He just gets it and he understands. He's very astute, Chris Jericho. And Will Ospreay probably is the greatest wrestler in the world. I don't see how this can be bad either. And once again, in front of that kind of um, crowd, which will absolutely be the biggest one for Ospreay and probably up there for Chris Jericho, I think they'll have a bee in the bonnet to make sure they they deliver. So I think this is going to be fantastic. I think Will Ospreay should win. I understand he's not an AEW talent, but he's obviously going to be used in AEW even if he does re-sign with New Japan. And it really doesn't matter if Chris, if Chris Jericho winning here means nothing. It's cool, but it means nothing. Will Ospreay winning and beating a legend and doing it in his hometown and doing it in Wembley Stadium. I mean, you can make an entire career off that. You could argue this is the Bret Hart versus British Bulldog match in many ways in a very in a very different style. So yeah, I would definitely give it to Will Ospreay. Absolutely. And I would ride that wagon all the way to all the way to the park. And I don't know what that means. And then of course, MJF versus Adam Cole. I, I think Adam Cole should win. I think the kingdom and Roderick Strong should help him, which is why he was flipping out at René Paquette, etc., because he's got a plan and he's trying to hide that plan. I, once again, I just think it's the obvious story. And I think MGF has proven now he can be this scumbag babyface. He's got the character down. It works. People love it. It hasn't affected him at all. In fact, maybe it's made him even better because we've seen it with ratings and metrics and everything like that. So I certainly wouldn't worry about that. And you can always go back to him being a heel. But right now, I think that MGF has more momentum than Adam Cole is a babyface. And they're both working together. It does not work without the other one. But I think turning Adam Cole back heel, even though we never saw it coming, actually serves them better going forward. And it will make for an amazing title change and also we do need to try and build um all out and i don't know what you'd set up there i don't know whether you do the rematch but ending this show on a proper oh my gosh we did a mega swerve bad guy win which a lot of wrestling companies don't do when it comes to uh, these kind of shows i think it'd be fantastic if it's done the right way and i've seen nothing to suggest they won't do it the right way because everything they've done so far with this story is one of the best stories in wrestling you got the bloodline you got this these are my two favorites and there are others but in terms of ones that i just think are flying right now it would be those two so 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 good genuinely excited to see to see what they do with this and even if i get this totally wrong and maybe it's a swerve and mjf goes with the kingdom and and roderick strong i wouldn't like that as much 
still good, but I just wouldn't like it as much. I prefer the idea of Adam Cole doing it because that's his real friend. And also the sympathy you're going to get for MGF is going to be through the roof because it, it's told us a million times. I never had a real friend. I never had a real friend. And now we're doing this to him. <laughs> that's horrible. That's a horrible thing to do. Like genuinely, genuinely. I was so sorry for that guy. And I was support. I will support him for the rest of time. So yes, that's what I think we should do. And I'll keep my fingers crossed. I do think this is going to be a real special show. And I'm very, very excited about it. And I don't get all the negative Nancy nonsense. But hey, look, man, you're allowed, you're allowed not to not to be into this. That's totally cool as well. It is. Right, we'll finish with some questions. I don't think this podcast is going to be as long as I hoped it would be. Um, but it's, look, I don't, I'm not, I hate doing this. I don't want to put this on my shoulders. It's just that news has kind of, you know, knocked me, knocked me a little bit. Whatever. Let's not talk about it. It is what it is. We'll answer the questions and we can move on. We start with Tom Talks Rubbish. Make sure you check him out on YouTube. This says, hey, Simon, thank you so much for inspiring me. I wouldn't be where I am today without you inspiring me. That's very cool, man. I mean, you've said that to me a lot and you're very kind. I know we still need to do an interview. I promise I haven't forgotten. Um, so look, those words, I, I do not take them for granted. Somebody else asked me the other day, you know, what's it like having the live ups and downs crowd at these certain shows? It's one of the best things ever. And it humbles the crap out of me. And I can't believe it's real. Uh, when you first moved out of your parents' house, how did you deal with living alone and loneliness? I'm moving into my own wheelchair accessible flat soon. Well, of course it's hard, man. Change is always hard. So the first time I lived away from my parents is when I went to university when I was 18 years old. And you think you're an adult when you're 18, but you're really not. You don't know anything. Um, I, I remember being quite tearful when they went. Not because I was, I don't mean this in a bad way, but not because I, I have a particularly close family. There's nothing wrong with them. But, you know, some people are super duper tight. It was just the, like, the change and the worry. How do I do this? How, it was anxiety is what it was. And it just happened to manifest itself in that kind of an emotion. But all you have to do is take it one day at a time. Remember that change is hard and that really as human beings, we don't like it. And as soon as you've adjusted, you don't understand what you were worried about to begin with. So you just have to go through some hard times, basically, as Dusty Rhodes would say. But that's a bit of an exaggeration, too, because it can be exciting as well. You know, making that kind of, uh, of movement can open new opportunities and new doors. And you do need to do it. Like one thing I've certainly learned now since then is putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is when you will grow as a human being and when you will find brand new opportunities. So never shy away from it, even if it's scary. You can never fail if you put yourself in that kind of scenario because you did it. And even if it doesn't work out as intended, that's not failure. That's giving something a go and it not working out. And you've also said, when you do interviews, what is the question or topic you hate answering? I don't think I have one. I am always taken aback when somebody wants to talk to me in that kind of style. Still blows my brain. But I suppose if I had to come up with one, is anybody asking me about Johnny Sins? It's the same way when someone tweets me and they think they're the first person to make the Johnny Sins joke. I'm like, bro, come on now. Come on now. Think about this. Don't be silly. Insomnia says, what are your top favorite pay-per-views of 2023 so far? Bro, what a question. Well, I would go both nights of WrestleMania, but I'll go night one because I love that. I love that main event. The, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens main event. That is proper warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy in the tum-tum stuff. Let me get the list of AEW 2023 pay-per-views. I can't remember. This. I watch way too much wrestling. <laughs> there's no way there's no way i can remember it all all in's probably gonna get on there i'm so damn excited about it man are you not gonna you're you gonna tell me are we going oh, there we go see I, I need to know what happened at these events what happened at revolution for example that feels like a, a different a different lifetime what was the main event that's what i need to know tell me the main event damn it internet oh mj versus brian danielson right that's going on there because that match is amazing so that's number two and I'll also go with, bum, 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 bum. 
I was at Double or Nothing, but I wouldn't say Double or Nothing. What's WWE done this year? WWE, I can't write pay-per-views. I can write premium live events, but I'm not doing that because I don't want to hate myself. <laughs> um, what was, there must be something. Oh, SummerSlam, right? Yeah, SummerSlam. Absolutely SummerSlam. 100% SummerSlam. I loved SummerSlam. You'll be surprised to hear. So there you go. Done and dusted. Uh, hey, Simon, on days you feel burnt out as a content creator, how do you keep your wrestling fandom alive? Um, how do I do that? I guess it's hard, really. I don't want to say you fake it to make it because that's not fair. I think sometimes you have to remember it's a job, not in a bad way. It's the best job in the world. But, you know, when the camera goes on and the red light is turned on, you have to remember, what am I trying to get across here? What am I delivering? Jerry Seinfeld tells an amazing story about this when he was going to do stand-up and sometimes he just wasn't in the mood because he's a human being and that's what happens. And, and you know, he was like... You have to remember you're here to serve the audience and you're here to make sure that they have a good time. And therefore, that's what you should be doing. So even if you don't enjoy it, well, flub you, man. This ain't about you, brother. <laughs> so I think it's the same kind of a thing. But I also try and remind myself that I'm very lucky to do what I do. And a job is a job no matter what, because that's just how brains work. But never take it for granted. And that does help massively. That helps massively as well. Uh, Drusfer says, do you have days where you simply can't watch any more wrestling? It's very similar to what we just talked about. What do you do then? Have a great day. We watch it, bro. Like, if your job is a plumber, I bet there's some days you don't want to see another toilet. But you still got to fix a toilet, otherwise you're not going to make any money. So, yeah, look, some days, am I there watching wrestling and being like, man, I'm just so worn out by this? Of course. And it's nothing to do with wrestling. It's to do with me and my brain. I'm burned out. You know, that's why you shouldn't watch all the wrestling if you're not being paid to do it, because you'll absolutely have your ass whipped. But eventually, you come full circle, you do something silly in a video, you do a skit, you remember the freedom you do have to make these ridiculous videos. And it's all okay again. So I guess it's a similar kind of an answer. It's a job. And there's good bits about any job and there's bad bits about any job. I'm sure if you're Brad Pitt, there's bad things about his job. But ultimately, you remember what you could be doing and all of a sudden it comes back uh, full circle. It's one of the reasons I'm glad that WWE is on fire right now. Because obviously they have the three-hour Raw show. And Raw at three hours when it's really good is fine. <laughs> when it's not fine... <laughs> Sometimes you want to punch yourself in the face. Scrooge McDad says, what match of Terry Funk's made you a fan of his? Well, it was his ECW run when I first got into him, just because that's when I was properly getting into wrestling and had like a, not an adult brain, but somewhat of an adult brain to comprehend it. And then I went back and I watched all of his stuff. I mean, you know, everything he did with Hulk Hogan in the WWF is brilliant, far better than people give it credit for. Obviously, his Ric Flair matches are tremendous. And he just, he just, he's, it's him and the way he approaches wrestling. Like, not only is he clearly one of the nicest guys ever, because everyone's come out with that story, but, you know, he can be a good guy, could be a bad guy, could be a crazy guy. Dave Meltzer told this incredible story about how he saw him backstage with a bad back and he was crippled, essentially. Then he worked out there and just had the greatest match you'd ever seen. So, you know, all of that comes together. And it's just, it was his realism and it's his legitimacy. Like, I don't know if he had any sort of proper background in fighting or wrestling or whatever, but I totally believed every Terry Funk match I ever saw. I believed he was trying to win. I believed that he was a cowardly asshole. I believed that he was a crazy old man with a, with a chainsaw. I even like Chainsaw Charlie. That was probably another time, because I'm sure I'm in ECW, but then when I saw him as Chainsaw Charlie, just because it was WWF, that probably cemented it for me. And then when I had access to go back and watch all of his stuff, I did. It doesn't take long. That's why Terry Funk is so good. You don't have to sit there and treat it like a, a thesis. You watch a couple of matches and you go, oh my gosh, yeah, I get it. I get it. And he could talk. He just totally understood wrestling, man. And he had an open mind. So you warm to him so quickly. The, the man is he's a flipping 
One of the best. Maybe number one, you know what, when you break it right down. Ian says, thanks for being a positive part of my week every week. You are more than welcome. While times can be tough, it's always good to know you're spreading positivity and always cheering people on. I like that, Ian. Cheering people on. That is how I see it. Too much negativity. Given wrestling is very physical and stunt-like, have you ever considered stunt work outside of wrestling? I do some stunt work, my friend. A lot of it is motion capture. I have another gig next week. I can't talk about a lot of it because it's all NDA'd and it's all to do with things that haven't come out yet. But yes, I do do a lot of stunt work. It's cool. It's fun. And it pays well. <laughs> Wrestling does not. <laughs> Zinni says, where can you watch your playthrough of the GM mode on WW2K23? I've seen clips, but don't see full videos. That's because they do not exist, my friend. That was sponsored content. Thank you very much to 2K for hooking me up with that. I like the game. I get on with them. And they paid me just to make social clips. And it must have worked because you clearly enjoyed it. Uh, maybe we could do full videos one day. I don't know. But yes, that's the truth of it. And again, shout out to 2K uh, for, for just treating me very, very nicely and giving me a cool gig to do. Again, pretty damn fun. Chris says, what is the match for Aussie Open that someone not in the know should see? Oh, I mean, didn't they have that amazing one against the Briscoes? Isn't that a match? Let me look it up. It was recent, I think. When was that? There is a match they had against the Briscoes, which is amazing. And I cannot remember when it is. That's the one that I would go to. Maybe it was like House of Glory show or something. I can't find it on there. But I think it was from 2022. I think. It was definitely recently, within the last 12 months. But I, I would to, to narrow it down a bit further, Aussie Open, essentially, anything they've done in the last 18 months, especially the last 12 months, is amazing. They've totally come of age. They've totally found themselves. Uh, I've been familiar with Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis for years because, obviously, they were a big deal in Defiant Wrestling where they were making a name for themselves. And they're way better now, but they were really good then. And you could tell they were going to smash it. So, yeah, I would say anything from 2022 or 2023. Pick any kind of a match, and they'll smash it. Their New Japan work is absolutely sublime. And they're only just getting started, by the way. Like, you give them a year or so with this kind of focus, they'll go even higher still. Matt says, what kind of angle are we thinking headed into Survivor Series? The bland spit is deader than it's ever been. The Bloodline Sun is getting weird. My guess has to be something to do with the Judgment Day. But knowing WWE, they'll split them up before the PLE. I don't mind if they split them up as long as it makes sense. I don't want them to do it. But, again... If it works for the story, I trust WWE now. They've earned my faith back. I would imagine it's probably going to be a four-way four way with the bloodline. Maybe not. Maybe that's too early. I don't know. Good question. It depends if we're going to do champion versus champion. That would be Seth versus Roman. Don't necessarily want to see it. Actually, it'd probably be war games, won't it? I would do another war games. That's what I would do. Yeah, with the Judgment Day. Yeah, I would do a war games with the Judgment Day taking on Owens, Zayn, uh, that's kind of what we did last year, though. Something to do with that, though. With the, the, the usual people taking on the Judgment Day. The good guys taking on the Judgment Day. Then you get Cody in there, too. And maybe even Cody and Seth working on the same team. That would be fun. There's my random prediction. Ashley says, what can you remember about the WCW show you went to in the UK? Not a lot. I remember shouting meat at Sean Stasiak and him looking at me and my friend and being most disappointed. I remember meeting Sting in the meet and greet. That was cool. Other than that, let me try and find the... Was it a Nitro taping? WCW... I don't know if it was. I mean, it probably was. They were running out of money. It was definitely, I think it was in Earl's Court. Uh, London, here we go. WCW, London Nitro from London, November 13th, 2000. My gosh, I was young. Why did my parents let me go to that? I don't want, no, I just want like a, so Crowbar versus Big Vito. Don't remember it. Mike Awesome versus Bam Bam versus Sting and Scott Steiner. Don't remember it. Booker T and Lex Luger versus Chronic. Don't remember it. I remember this. Sean Stasiak and Sean O'Hare versus Chuck Palumbo and Kevin Nash. That's a four-way, sorry. So I remember shouting that at Stasiak. Elix Skipper versus The Cat. Boogie Knights versus Goldberg. General Rection. Flipping LWCW versus Lance Storm. 
That's uh, the, the the NXT trainer. What's his name? Bill DeMott. And the main event was Chronic versus Scott Steiner and Sting. Why did they do two? This can't be a Nitro show. This must have been a house show. And it says London Nitro. I don't know. They may have just called it that. So no, I don't remember any of it. I remember going with my mate and that's about it. I don't remember seeing any of these people apart from Sting and Sean Stasiak. That doesn't make any sense and I should be ashamed. Mr. Waffle says, no question this week. Wishing you the best for the wild weeks to come and hope you can get enough sleep. Stay powerful, honestly. We will talk about my weekend next week. You ain't going to believe it. That's all I'm going to say. Jason Milner says, live ups and downs outside Wembley this Sunday. All I can tell you at the moment is there will be a live video outside of Wembley after All In. Keep an eye on the Twitter. All the information will be there. We will go wild. Probably get arrested because those policemen around Wembley are properly crazy. Nate of the Living Dead says, I'm sure you've already tucked on this topic, but what's your favorite Terry Funk match or memory? I think we've done that. But again, if you need one, go watch the I Quit match with Flair. Brilliant. Phil Heslop says, who would you like to put over in their retirement match? Sting be the worst retirement match for him but if i can lose to sting in his retirement match i must have done pretty damn well either that or roman reigns doesn't even make any sense common sense says how does the all-in main event end two turns well i'm going with adam cole again sometimes i don't think you need to go crazy with the rule book so i'll stick with it d says if you could make an in-depth no lies documentary about one wrestler who would it be will it be vince mcmahon but you said wrestler so hulk hogan maybe there's a lot of skeletons in that closet that i think would surprise a lot of people Otherwise, who is a controversial guy? I mean, you want it to have some sort of, like, you know, notoriety to it as well. I think Hulk Hogan's probably the guy, to be honest, all things considered. I think if you really, really got into those meat and bones, we'd all think a lot differently about Hulk Hogan. Trent says, what match are you most looking forward to at All In? It would be Adam Cole versus MGF, as well as the Bucks versus FTR. I think that's going to rock. Phoenix says, big love to you and the audience. What's a small opinion you have of visual things in wrestling. For me, I miss the black ring Matt NXT used to have, and I do like the ramps that are level with the ring. Cheers from Canada, come to Destiny Wrestling. Visual things I like in wrestling. Well, the one that always comes to mind is the Backlash set from 2001 with the swinging blades. I do like things like that. I enjoy it when we have different colored ropes. I always think it stands out and it gets me excited. And I can't think of any more off the top of my head. Usually I let a lot of that stuff slide. I prefer the non-electronic uh, aprons and turnbuckles. I don't. I get why WWE does it. It looks swish. I prefer it when it's all fabric, whatever the hell it would be. Uh, Brock says, just seems like a day for appreciation after the Wyndham news. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for all you do and the positivity you bring. Hope you're well. Thanks, Brock. Same to you as well, dude. And same to everybody listening. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, Exalted Wolf says, hey, Simon, hoping to see you after All In to be part of Ups and Downs. You'll be a part of a video. Don't worry. Again, keep an eye on all of this. And we finish with Ong, who says, hello, Simon. I'm a huge fan of your ups and downs. Thank you very much. And couldn't thank you enough for doing that. I appreciate you asking this question because we should have talked about it. We didn't for obvious reasons. Do you think we'll see Edge in AEW? And why are fans so divided on Edge staying and leaving WWE? It's his life choice. Why can fans just be happy wherever he goes? Well, you know why? Because tribalism must win. And <laughs> uh, all levels of wrestling. So yes, for those that don't know, essentially, Edge had his last match on SmackDown against Sheamus. We think. We don't know. But we think. And... It then came out that his contract doesn't end till September. We don't know that either. That came from Edge. And Edge, you know, enjoys uh, <laughs> enjoys enjoys telling us a lot of things. But he is allowed to do that. He's a wrestler. It's his life. He can do whatever the hell that he wants to do. And now, apparently, AEW's made him an offer. So WWE, so he went back to WWE and he said, will you match this offer? And they said no. And then Edge made a video saying, no, I have a, a contract extension in my inbox. I need to figure I need to figure things out. So essentially, we don't know where we are. Could he be it all in? Maybe. Could he be it all out? Maybe. 
I don't mind where he goes. I really don't. Am I going to watch AEW? Yes. Am I going to watch WWE? Yes. Is it more exciting if he goes to AEW just because it's new and different and you get that explosion on the internet? Of course it is. But if he stays in WWE, again, he said it himself. He could work with Sami Zayn. He could work with Kevin Owens. Works for me. I'd love to see that stuff. Uh, what do I think is going to happen? I think he'd probably stay in WWE would be my guess. Maybe retire at WrestleMania 40. But of course, on the other end, he's made a lot of money. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He won't burn a bridge because he's too big a star and too big a stars, no matter what they do, never burn a bridge. So if he can go to AEW and finish off his career teaming and probably having a mini feud with Christian, you can do it either way. You can do the singles feud and then go into the tag or do the tag and go into the singles. I mean, that's going to be massive. And Tony Khan's going to pay him a bunch of money, as he should. He deserves it. And he can also have this thing schedule, which is going to be like, you know, you don't have to work all the time. We can work around you. Whenever you don't want to work, that's cool. Whenever you do. And it will bring people to watch it. That's a massive, massive jump. I mean, he has been in WWE since 1998, which is a ridiculous amount of time. So I don't think that... I don't think there's a a lose-lose here. I think the only loss would be for WWE. I don't think they should let edge leave i think it would be it would be it would be crazy i don't think it's learning from their past mistakes but i do think it would light a fire under the wrestling industry even more so than we've already got and i do think that it would be met with absolute yeah people going nuts as it should be it's a huge huge star but ultimately i don't know what's going to happen gun to my head i think he stays in wwe but again you've hit the nail on the head he's a human being he has earned the right to choose whatever he wants to do throwing himself off ladders and who knows what else and the fact he came back from the only reason i think he may stay in wwe is because it wasn't the -the over-the-top retirement that i think he deserves and obviously the first kind of retirement was uh was a shock to him but i don't know again i I think either way he's going to be fine he's going to make bank he's got his acting gigs going maybe he decides to never go back to, to, to wrestling at all which is also which is also totally fine but it, it's exciting and it's cool look at cody right and the thing that we forget is one of the reasons you do want to jump ship not that i actually think that adam copeland needs this but one of the reasons you do want to jump is because it resets you as a character that's why cody was able to do so well that kind of character in a new environment was just the best thing ever and people couldn't believe that he was wearing the same clothes and he had the same music and he had the wrestling as more than one royal family and he was the american nightmare with the logo it's fantastic almost justifies the fact he got that tattoo on his neck i genuinely believe that's one of the reasons he did it he knew what he was doing he ain't stupid cody rose he's a smart smart guy and genuinely is going to go down as one of the best i tell you i'm telling you this now the dude is so far ahead of the game and edge is the same so if edge wants to go to AEW, it's going to help AEW. maybe that's the catalyst to push those ratings up when we need them to be not that they're doing badly no not doing anywhere near as badly as some people think and maybe he stays at WWE and continues to smash it and have a few matches every single year. Either way, he's going to make millions of dollars. Either way, I'm going to be able to see him. And either way, it's good for the wrestling industry to have that guy in it. Can't lose. All good with me. Makes me a happy panda. We shall wrap it up there. Uh, again, there will be a podcast next week where we just talk about everything that I did during All In Weekend. I'm resting at Progress tomorrow. So if you're around in London, come down to the Electric Ballroom around about 1, 2, 3 o'clock, something like that. That song, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, rock slam. So come down to that Sunday All In. Make sure you say hi if you see me walking around. And then, yeah, next Wednesday or Thursday, or maybe even Friday, probably Wednesday or Thursday, we'll have a big old chat. Unless something massive happens at All In, then maybe I'll try and do it on Monday or Tuesday. Not Monday, actually. I've got a wrestling match on Monday, also in London. Come on down. Tufnell Park at the Dome. Otherwise, if you are a patron, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. You're the only reason this podcast exists. So thank you very much. Instagram and Twitter, x Simon316. Grillamine.com forward slash Simon. You can get 10% off if you're into fitness stuff. I love that stuff. Uh, merchandise, pro wrestling tees, and what's the other one? Samson Athletics. Although I will say, maybe go buy a Bray Wyatt tee today instead, because obviously all the, all the money's going to his family. That's probably more important than 
than it coming to me. Well, it is more important than it coming to me right now. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, check out What Culture Wrestling, ups and downs, and all of that jazz. And I'm on Cameo for personalized video messages. Did one this morning. It was very, very fun. So I'm always happy to do those too. Otherwise, given recent news, take care of yourself. Be nice to people. Tell someone you love them today. Nothing wrong with that. If you're having a down day, just accept it. That's cool as well. Go and have a hug. Go have some ice cream. You know, have a good old cry. Right? Let's be kinded to each other. Nothing wrong with being kind. Costs nothing to be nice. It's actually harder to be an asshole. Thank you as always for supporting me and listening. Take care of yourself. I'll speak to you soon. Enjoy all in as well. I think we're going to have a grand old time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.